Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, July 1st, 5.45 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. December corn futures up two and a half cents at 6.22 last trade. November soybeans down 12 and a quarter at 14.45 and three quarters. September Chicago wheat up four cents at 8.88. September Kansas City wheat up three quarters of a cent at 9.52 and a half. September spring wheat up four and a half at 9.94 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. If you're on that Apple app, I could definitely use some more reviews. Drop me a quick review there. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, subscribe to the channel, like these videos. Leave me a comment. Let me know what's going on in your neighborhood. Has it turned dry recently? Have you caught some rains? How do the crops look? All of those things. If you'd like some additional information from me, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email has been going out about 5.30 a.m. Central Time. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Tons of charts, graphics, weather info. My subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. I did a quick USDA analysis yesterday, and I'm pretty timely on report days. I think this was out about 15 minutes after the report. I make these videos really quick on report days and try to get that info out. On Tuesday morning, prior to the uh, reopen in the grain markets following the long weekend we've got coming up, I'll have a weather video out and kind of an update ahead of Tuesday morning's open. If you guys are interested, sign up today. It's 50 bucks a month. You can cancel it at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to to sell you anything else, I promise. So let's talk about this report a little bit. USDA reported a lower than expected U.S. soybean acreage number. The trade really missed this. U.S. soybean plantings were pegged at 88.3 million, down sharply from 90.96 in March, and uh, the average trade guess of 90.45. So the trade missed this soybean acreage number by 2.1 million. That's a big miss. That should have been seen as just an outright bullish uh, number in the report, yet the market did not react that way. We saw a quick rally following the report in the soybean market. It quickly reverted lower, finished the day lower. Uh, we traded lower overnight for a little while. Um, the biggest losses in soybean acres occurred in North Dakota and Minnesota, which lost a combined 1.6 million acres versus March intentions. So again, most people would see that as an outright bullish number. If you take that acreage number and plug it into USDA's current version of the new crop balance sheet, it spits you out a carryout number of like 150 million bushels, which is incredibly tight and would be an incredibly bullish number if realized. Now, I think there's a couple of implications here when it comes to being First off, I'm not sure that the trade believes the acreage numbers. Uh, USDA is going to resurvey farmers in North Dakota, Minnesota, and uh, South Dakota in regard to acreage. This is what they said at the top of the report. In July, NAS will collect updated information on 2022 acres planted to barley, canola, corn, dry edible beans, oats, sorghum, soybeans, sunflowers, and durum and other spring wheat in three states. Excessive rainfall had delayed planting at the time of the survey, leaving a portion of the acres to still be planted in Minnesota, North Dakota, 
and South Dakota. So there's going to be a resurvey here. So maybe the trade doesn't believe the acreage numbers. Also, in regard to the new crop balance sheets, I'm not sure that the trade believes the demand numbers either. They've got some pretty lofty stuff in there in regard to demand, especially for exports. Uh, you know, we're talking a huge crop in Brazil being planted again this fall. Uh, a lot of that's probably too far-fetched for me to even discuss here, but there's, there's a lot of factors at play when it comes to supply and demand, put it that way. Uh, corn acreage was right on par with expectations at 89.9. So no big surprise there. All wheat acres just above 47, very close to expectations. The spring wheat number was higher than expected by a couple hundred thousand. Durham also higher than expected in regard to acreage. When you look at uh, where the changes were, a lot of areas lost soybean acreage versus March tensions, uh, according to yesterday's report, most notably North Dakota, also Minnesota. But I mean, a lot of other areas saw uh, marginal reductions in soybean acreage versus March. Illinois was an exception. They picked up some soybean acreage, um, Kentucky, an exception. When you look at corn acreage, uh, a lot of areas picked up corn acreage. You saw losses in North Dakota and uh, South Dakota versus March, but increases in Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, uh, Ohio. So kind of a mixed bag here. But again, the big takeaway from that report uh, in regard to acreage was that soybean number and the market's inability to rally on what I would call an outright bullish soybean acreage number is certainly cause for concern in my view. Now, we also had the grain stocks report. Uh, this is about as accurate as I have ever seen the trade uh, be in regard to their pre-report estimates for stocks. They were pretty much right on the money with everything. Some interesting statistics here. Total U.S. corn stocks as of June 1st were up 6% versus last year. On-farm U.S. corn stocks were up 22% versus the same period last year. On-farm stocks total 2.12 billion bushels as of uh, June 1st. So, you know, we've seen this basis thing where basis has just been red hot in a lot of areas of the country. And I, there was kind of some questions as to why. And I think this, to some extent, answers the question. Farmers are just tight holders of old crop bushels. That's the deal here. And there's a lot of them, 2.12 billion as of June 1st. So uh, that's the deal, I guess, to some extent. Uh, soybean stocks as of June 1st were up 26% versus the same period last year. On-farm soybean stocks up 17% versus the same period last year. Wheat stocks were down, uh, which was not a surprise at all. 660 million bushels, that's your old crop carryout number. Uh, that was down 22% versus the same period last year. Now, here's another factor that I think is uh, equally as important or perhaps even more important than yesterday's report. Commodity markets in general continue to tumble. The Bloomberg Commodity Index has lost 15% from its high that was posted just on June 8th, which is right here on my chart if you're watching. This thing has just collapsed here the last few weeks. And this uh, index tracks a basket of commodities, everything from energies to grains to soft commodities, metals, uh, that sort of stuff. So commodity markets as a whole are under a lot of pressure. This is not just corn, soybeans, and wheat. This is this is everything, maybe with the exception of energies. And even energies have seen a little bit of weakness here as of late. So I think that this inflation trade where large speculators just bought commodities as an inflation hedge, it may be on its way out. Uh, here's some interesting statistics. Here's your drawdowns from your 2022 high in a handful of selected commodities. Lumber is down 55% from it from this year's high. Gold's down 13% from this year's high. Silver's down 26%. Copper's down 26%. 
Cotton is down 34% from this year's high. Canola is down 25%. Cocoa is down 19%. And there are a bunch of other commodities that are are still uh, weaker and quite a bit weaker versus uh, where they peaked uh, just earlier this year. So I think you've got some broad-based selling across commodity markets. I really do. I don't think that what's going on here uh, is exclusively related to supply and demand when it comes to corn, soybeans, and wheat. I think you've got large money managers who just want out. I think this inflation trade uh, could be on its way out. And maybe this is a temporary sell-off in the commodity markets. But this chart that's on my screen here looks uh, pretty darn ugly, in my opinion. Let's get to weather here. Uh, U.S. drought is expanding and fairly rapidly in some areas. The drought monitor looks quite a bit different than it did at the end of May. You've seen drought build in uh, some of these parts of the central corn belt, like Illinois, Indiana, the Mid-South, certainly uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, down in my neighborhood here is very, very dry. Uh, a lot of Missouri's turned dry. A lot of the Delta's turned dry. You've seen a little bit more dryness in parts of Iowa. So, um, uh, this is an issue, and this has developed pretty quickly because a lot of these areas in, in the central Corn Belt were pretty much blank on this drought map a month ago, and now they are not. Uh, when you look at U.S. drought areas versus May 31st, uh, U.S. corn areas experiencing a drought are now 23%. That number was 19% on May 31st. Soybeans, 15% versus 10% on May 31st. Spring wheat areas have actually declined in, in terms of drought, 19% versus 25%. But these areas of, of the Midwest, the mid South, the Delta in particular, have seen uh, an acceleration or an increase in drought. Uh, and, and it's been pretty drastic here over the last few weeks. Now, in terms of weather, uh, we've got a little bit of rain on the radar this morning over parts of Nebraska and Kansas. Uh, everything else pretty much blank for the most part in terms of uh, corn and soybean growing areas. The next seven days look pretty wet for a lot of Iowa, northern Illinois, uh, northern Indiana. And you've really got coverage for a lot of areas of the Corn Belt. So I think that the, uh, the trade is still reading this as being uh, a bearish forecast. We've got rains coming in the first two weeks of July, and uh, that's that's all it takes for to result in some pressure in the markets. And again, this heat uh, is is certainly an issue. Uh, it's it's the other piece to the puzzle. Again, I think precipitation trumps heat in terms of both the markets and corn yield potential during the month of July in particular. But um, I'll tell you what, we've got a three-day weekend coming up. Following today's close, uh, the grain markets will not reopen until Tuesday morning. There's no Monday night trade. So if there's a shift in the forecast over the weekend, if these forecasts are wrong and they've been wrong before, they'll be wrong again at some point. Uh, you could see a, a sharp reaction one way or the other in the markets. The U.S. stock market posted its worst first half performance in more than 50 years. The S&P 500 lost 20.6% during the first half of the year. That's the worst first half since 1970. The U.S. economy is perhaps entering a recessionary period. The days of easy money are over. The Fed is tightening. They're raising rates. They're unwinding their balance sheets. Uh, the stock market's been hit hard. The bond market has been hit hard. Uh, bond returns have been horrible. Analysts at Deutsche Bank had to go bank had to go back to the late 18th century to find a worst first half for the broad bond market. Your risk assets have been hit really hard. Some of your high flyers, like these tech stocks, crypto that sort of stuff has been hit really hard. So guys, I've, I've talked a lot, especially in my subscriber-only material about recessions and how they're just terrible for commodity markets. Um, uh, this is this is an issue for corn, soybeans, and wheat. I'm not talking about this just because I'm interested in the stock market. This, this is an issue, and this is an outlier in terms of um, 
uh, performance in the stock market, performance in the bond market, uh, recessions are, are not good for commodities, guys. They're just not. The cattle market yesterday was... Um, uh, mixed. We had a mixed trade in live cattle, sharply higher trade in feeder cattle. Cash was a little bit weaker in the south at 137. Uh, North trade 146 to 150. In the outside markets here this morning, U.S. dollar is up. Uh, S and P's down 13. The Dow Jones down 100. That stock market still just uh, can't get anything going. Bonds are flat. Gold's down 17 bucks. Crude oil's up this morning, up two dollars and 35 cents in the August WTI at 108.10. Uh, happy Independence Day, everybody! I am off Monday, of course. I will talk to you guys Tuesday.